It's true, isn't it, that we all experience change at various times in our lives. But how do we view change? Maybe some of these words resonate with you. It's essential. It's uncomfortable. It's exciting. It's frightening. It's welcome. It's unwelcome. I invite you just for a couple of moments to share with the person sitting nearest to you some of the changes that you have experienced over the past five years. It could be about location, could be about occupation, interests, relationships, family, friends, maybe even your appearance. So just for a couple of moments, share with the person sitting nearest you, what has changed for you over the last five years? Thank you, thank you. Would anybody be brave enough to shout out one of the changes that you have identified? It went quiet then, didn't it? Got married. Got married. <laughs> I'm not sure if the applause was for Nick. <laughs> or for his lovely wife. Anybody else? Relationship with God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else? Sorry, love? You move schools. Good. Good. Lovely. Lovely. Anybody up in the um, auditorium? Any changes? Sorry, love? Paul's moved house. Lovely. <laughs> Helen's become a mother-in-law. There we go. This morning, I would like us to consider for a few moments, and um, Scott's already helped us to think about this, how we have changed in a spiritual sense. For when we come to God through Christ and enter into that relationship with him we were created for, there is that real dramatic change. And looking into scripture, we read of various terms and words and phrases used to describe this change. Christ himself speaks of it as being born again, of experiencing life 
of experiencing eternal life in the here and now. Paul speaks of it as moving from death to life, from darkness to light. He speaks about us becoming new creatures, new creation. And Peter in his um, writings reminds us that once we were nothing, but now we are somebody, for we are the people, the children of God. I think it's important to say that whether our awareness of Christ has been growing within us, maybe from childhood, or we can testify to a moment of dramatic change. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we believe that Christ died on the cross, taking on himself all our sin and guilt. And we have responded to his great love and grace. We are changed people, people who are in right relationship with God through Christ. And again, we would want to say that if there is someone, anyone here in our meeting, in our worship this morning, who has not experienced this initial change, then today, at this moment, Christ invites you again to come to him. We shared earlier about how we have all experienced various changes over the past five years. And I want to ask us each another question. How has our relationship with God changed over the past five years? Have we grown in likeness to Jesus? As we look at Jesus, we see some of those beautiful qualities and characteristics that we see in him. Love and patience and kindness and strength and justice and respect and reverence and grace, forgiveness and mercy. Are these seen in us as God's people? Jesus himself gives us clear teaching about how we can become more like him. And we're going to look briefly at two passages that help us in our personal reflection and response. We read together... Verses from John's Gospel, chapter 15. The words of Jesus, who is the true vine. The truth comes through time and time again. 
abide, that is, live in me, and let me, that is Jesus, live in you. The Christ-like, the the holy life, cannot be achieved by merely imitating Christ. It's not about seeking and striving to be and to do and say that he, things that he did. It's not about imitating him. It's about him inhabiting us. This change, this abiding in Christ, comes as we live in Christ and allow him to live his life in and through us, each and every moment. This abiding involves spending time with Christ through prayer, listening to him, waiting on him, spending time in fellowship with him, obeying him so that his life can work in and through us each to produce fruit. We are often keen to express our faith through our work for God. We are so often busy doing for God. And he reminds us again this morning of his call to us to be, to be in his presence. The story of Martha and Mary came to mind as it highlights this point. Jesus came to the home of his friends, Martha and Mary. And there was much to be done in anticipation of Jesus' arrival. There was a meal to be prepared, a meal to be served. And here was Martha doing it all. And where was Mary? She was sitting, listening to Jesus. No wonder Martha asked Jesus to tell Mary to help with all the preparations. Jesus' words. Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen it and it will not be taken from her. We all need to get the balance right. To be in his presence and then to do in his presence. This coming and going, this rhythm, his rhythm. Don't we see this in the life of Jesus? Time spent with his father, whether that be momentarily or all night, or we sometimes read that Jesus just lifted his eyes towards heaven. 
and then he moves seamlessly through ministry. For prayer is ministry. As we, as his people, spend time in his presence, so Christ lives his life in and through us. This is no mere imitation, but Christ living in and through us, so that the words we speak are his. The attitudes are his, the actions, and perhaps more importantly, the reactions are his. The thoughts, the motivations, the intentions are his. Paul, a man whose life was changed by Christ, shared something of his experience, his testimony. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. Christ needs to be there in the very centre of our lives, our motivation, our foundation. Only then will he be seen in and through us. He is the vine, Jesus told us. And we are the branches. We receive his life. And the Holy Spirit prunes us and tends us so that we bear fruit, that is, likeness to him. One of the delegates who attended the Exploring Leadership Day that is run by the Candidates Unit over there at William Booth College was a new Christian. And in talking to this lady, I discovered that her story was one of wonder and amazement, a story of grace. She spoke about how Christ had sought her out and changed her life. She mentioned that she lived next door to the Salvation Army officer. She was now a soldier and very active in the ministry of the Corps. And as I talked with her, I could sense something of her desire, her eagerness, her intentionality to discover more and more of God. And as a disciple, she was trying to encourage her children to understand about God. And one day she asked her young son, what is God like? And the little boy's response was, he's like Gary, the captain who lives next door. A challenge to and for us each. Do others see God? Do they see Christ in us? A second Bible verse again from the words of Jesus, is found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. And Jesus says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. A calling to perfection, 
to holy Christ-like living. The term perfection may cause us to respond, well, I can never be perfect, for only God is perfect. And you'd be right. But the word perfect in this context means maturity, completeness as children of God. The message paraphrase of this verse. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. You are kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others. The way God lives towards you. And perhaps I can just add and keep on changing. God has given us everything we need for a spirit-filled, Christ-like life. Let us live that life to the full so that we might glorify God and point others to him. May we continue to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit and continue to change more and more into the likeness of Christ. As the songwriter has penned, Christ of glory, Prince of peace, let thy life in mine increase. Though I live, may it be shown tis thy life and not my own. Dwell within that men may see Christ, the living Christ, in me.